sometimes our role doesn't grant us the privilege of getting to explore some things that other people get to do. Mm. And, you know, it comes, it's not just men and women. Um, You know, it's, this happens between everybody. This is humanity. This is a, um, you know, and what I've come to when it comes to, to fear is I try to embrace the whole, the whole self, but I don't deny the fact that I still have to play a role. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Oh, yeah, podcast time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's podcast time. I'm excited, man. I'm uh, it's a good, it's a good topic. I feel like this is an important one. Anyone out there, whether you're an artist or not, I feel like this is one of those things, you know, that anybody could probably take a look at. So this is called dealing with denial and rejection. And yeah, you know, uh, I've had some, <laughs> I've had some personal insights recently about, denial and how I've been in it around some things, particularly fear. Um, and that's really what spurred on this conversation for me is being scared and then not even recognizing you're scared. And I'm not talking about like rational fear. I'm talking about that existential fear that kind of somehow exists in your life and manages to live rent free in your mind and go unchecked because you won't admit that you're, that you're in it. I'm talking about that kind of fear. And I've realized that I've come to realize that fear hijacks your mind. It stops you from critically thinking and it actually robs you of your best self. And it actually lowers your intelligence because it literally it literally takes resources from you. And if you're not admitting when you're feeling fear or you have anxiety or whatever, and you're not, and you're kind of just denying that it's there, I found this for myself. It actually undermines so much of who I am and what I do. And anybody who's listened to this podcast for a while has probably heard me say many times, never make a decision out of fear if you can. Mm-hmm. And for me to kind of come to the stark realization that I've had fear going on without realizing it, I'm like, oh, that needs to stop today. That cannot, mm-hmm. that cannot live rent-free in my mind. And I'm kicking it out the door. And and I'm gonna be humble enough to admit that, yeah, like, wow, that snuck in there. That was, and you called it this before we started talking, how cunning fear can be mm. and how sneaky. And crafty, it can kind of work its way into your life without yeah. you realizing it. And so it's one of those things. I I want to say one other thing before I pass on to you, Evan. Uh, and I feel like it's a really important point. Something else that came up for me about why we're talking about this topic. I was thinking about, you know, I've I've most of my life I've had I've had a lot of courage around approaching people, but I've gone through periods where I have difficulty doing it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm just, I can't talk to that person or I can't pick up the phone to call them or whatever. I can't ask out that girl, whatever it might be. But something I, I kind of 
learned early on was that you get rejected by yourself before anyone ever rejects you. So I taught myself to not reject myself first. I decided that if there was someone I wanted to talk to, let me give them the opportunity. <laughs> let me grant them the chance. And I found that most of the time people wouldn't actually do it. They were actually quite welcoming and open. And whatever I had in my mind was quite false, which helped me become perceivably or observably courageous. But I don't know how courageous I was. I'm not really sure. But really what I did was I just stopped rejecting myself before I, I, I and, and the fear of rejection, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm talking about, was happening in my mind. But rejection was not as real a monster as I may have uh, made it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I love that you're, you're laying down the gauntlet off the top, bringing in the big F word into this one, because, <laughs> you know, it, it is a big yeah. word, even though it's not even in the, it's not even in, a, in the title of this, but it's, uh, it's got so much to do with both of these words. And uh, that is denial and rejection. And, you know, as you were talking about how, you know, becoming aware of these, of these fears, you know, and being in denial of, of these things. And because, and very often it's a very innocent reason as to why that is very often. It's not even necessarily like a, a conscious, you're not even consciously in denial of something I think very often it's just we're so used to 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 living in a certain state that that it just becomes part of our you know automatic program right just how how and and a lot of that stuff is what we call worry and anxiety and all of these things right and so in many ways you know the first thing is to actually observe it like to actually to just become aware of it in the first place and something about what you said just made me think let no fear thought go unchallenged you know like we have so many thoughts of fear and and i don't know if we'll get into this but something we talked about beforehand is you know is uh, a question i i saw from uh Jiddu Krishnamurti, which is, is there fear without thought? And one thing that I have observed in my own life and, and when I have been conscious is that if I actually, if I'm in a state of, you know, pretty high anxiety or, or worry, um, which is typically, you know, for me very often, it takes getting to that state for me to, to actually go and sit and, and, and just calm down, do some meditating, do some breathing. But if I sit and I consciously just take my mind off of this thing that's filling me with worry and anxiety, I put my attention just on my breath or, or on something else, or even sometimes it's just as simple as just like, okay, just let that, just let that thought just go. Just like, let all your thoughts just, just go. And suddenly that sensation of fear is just, just evaporates into thin air. Like it wasn't even there. And it's, it's a really 
fascinating phenomenon because fear feels so real, so palpable, so visceral. And yet it can, it can dissolve within seconds when you just stop giving it attention, when you stop cycling whatever that thought is over and over and over in your head, right? So, you know, this, this whole thing of like, let no, yeah, let, let no fear go unchallenged uh, is something that immediately is just sort of echoing in, in my mind right now is uh, when you observe it, when you, when you notice it, challenge that thing, right? Challenge where that, th where that thought is coming from. See if you can detach yourself a little bit from it, right? Like as if you could just like watch it, you know, just away from you a little bit and say like, okay, what, what is this? What is this thing? And you can very often dissect a fear down into something that is completely irrational, you know, and that doesn't mean that it's necessarily gone forever, but there's an opportunity to gain some perspective for it to at least hold, have less of a hold on you. So, I mean, coming out of the gate, that those are some thoughts, but, you know, there's, uh, I also just wanted to mention as well, just uh, in, in, as far as my opening statements, is <laughs> this thing of, of rejection, right? You, you know, fear of rejection and, you know, for for the artist you know artists are people who have to get very comfortable with rejection and and yeah we have to become very familiar with with rejection and and learning how to how to yeah how to deal with that how do you deal with rejection over and over and over again right so I'm excited to dive deeper into this. It seems like this, I mean, I, I'm, it seems to have opened up some good stuff already for me, Brandon, but mm. uh, where do you, you know, want to go? Well, you know, let's start with the, let's start with the immediate and maybe we can kind of work our way outward as an, as an idea. So I'm thinking about fear and how, mm, it's important that you can recognize when you're in danger. Oh yeah, of course. This is a, this is something that, you know, um, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to admit it. I was loosely involved in a cult, <laughs> very fringe, kind of on the outside of the whole thing, but I was kind of getting pulled into it. And It's one of those things. I mean, I was very judgmental about this whole thing. I studied psychology. I felt like I should know better. I felt like I was immune to these types of things. And when I discovered that I had kind of been sucked into something toxic and bad, I was absolutely embarrassed. I was ashamed. Um, I felt like a fool. And I had to walk away from that situation and kind of go like, what the fuck happened how did i fall for this nonsense and and granted i mean i didn't entirely fall for it and you know i could say that to some degree i still had one foot out the door but you know in, in all honesty i was duped 
you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of my friends were duped and, you know, and, and so one thing I learned from that experience, which, you know, I would say that I'm somewhat blessed in the situation because, you know, I can, I now understand how people get sucked into these things and how the manipulation works and, and how people can be deceived and tricked and all of that. One thing I learned about that whole process was that fear will come up and red flags will come up. And this can be the same as just, you know, it's no different than if someone thinks, Hey, I'd never join a cult. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? Have you ever been in a, in a relationship with somebody and all of a sudden you started to realize that they're not kind, they're not good, they're cruel, maybe even they're abusive to you. That's the same way it works with a cult. Somehow you got love bombed. Somehow you got tricked. Somehow you thought, hey, this person seems really great. And then all of a sudden you started to realize this isn't so great after all. I need to get the fuck out. And some people end up in those relationships for like 10 years. It's the same as a cult. It works exactly the same way. It's just like a relationship, except the difference is it's a group and you get kind of lulled into it. But these red flags come up and uh, I would say sometimes fear comes up. The, The recognition of danger comes up. And we have these ways of talking ourselves out of it and denying it and be like, it's okay. Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I'm just over overthinking it. Maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. We say stuff like that. So as we venture into this talk, I want to kind of present the idea that fear isn't bad in and of itself and that we need to, we have it for a reason. It is necessary. It can save our life. And if we do recognize we're in danger, we we can use that feeling or that sensation of fear, that acknowledgement of fear, to just be like, wait a minute, something there there are vulnerabilities here. There are things that could, you know. And when we talk about working through fear, denial is denying also that that danger exists as well. Sometimes having fear and talking yourself out of fear is not good for you. So I want to make sure that I make that very present because one of my vulnerabilities with fear, at least previously, was that I was not allowed to feel fear. Fear was not an okay emotion for me to have as maybe as a man, maybe in our culture, whatever, maybe as an athlete. You weren't allowed to feel fear. You just had to fucking do it. So just do it. Soldier the fuck on and do it. And I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to that. And I remember this girl, we were doing a workshop once and she said to me, you know, if I was a guy, then, you know, I'd never be scared. And I turned to her and I said, you don't think we're fucking scared? I'm scared all the fucking time, but I don't have time to be scared. I have to do it. It doesn't matter if I'm scared. The, the consequences of admitting that I'm scared are worse than being scared. I'd rather just fucking do it than deal with the consequences of wimping out. I can't wimp mm-hmm. out. I have to man up. There's all the shit I have to do all the time. And her and I really connected and we really bonded over this moment. She was like, wow. She's like, thank you so much for sharing with that with me. I just assumed that you just were, were fearless. And I'm like, I'm not fucking fearless. It's just, I just, I'm not allowed to give into that emotion. And so this can be good when you have to get through something, you have to do something that's difficult and hard, but it can also work against you. And if you're dealing with a manipulative, toxic person, 
they can use it against you knowing that. They can go, you know what, Brandon isn't allowed to feel fear. So I can push on those buttons. I can I can make him override his better self because he can't admit that he's scared. And I can make it more difficult for him. And I've walked into sometimes toxic situations because the 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 wiser version of me today would be like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> and it freaks me out. I would just admit it now. But the younger version of me, the the guy with bravado, the young guy that didn't want to get fucking bullied anymore, let's be honest, he could not admit that he was scared. He had to walk to the fight. He had to face the fucking bully that was a foot taller than him, look him in the eye and say, I'm going to fucking knock you out, motherfucker, trembling in my fucking boots. And this this happened to me. You know what I mean? And And make that person fucking back down. But you're scared out of your fucking mind. And, but you know what? The thing that I learned about those types of moments too, they are scared as well. And and I just decided that, you know what? You're scared. I'm scared. I'm just not going to back down. Let's play fucking chicken. You know what I mean? So just mm-hmm. understand that <clears throat> as we go into this talk, we're always playing chicken a little bit, you know? <laughs> and we should be honest with ourselves and be like, you know what? I, yeah this is fucking scary. <laughs> and maybe I don't need to play chicken. What do I have to prove here? You know what I mean? That's that's a good question. So I wanted to throw that into the mix of this pot because I feel like, man, mm. it's, it's relevant because fear is sometimes a friend. It's not always an enemy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do think we're going to venture into how it works against us, but I wanted to present that as a as a valid kind of part and a holistic approach to fear as opposed to just going fear bad don't do <laughs> yeah no 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 I, yeah, yeah. 100% and it's yeah. <clears throat> you know there's a difference between don't feel fear and acknowledge your fear mm-hmm. right like it's it's because someone who doesn't acknowledge that they're afraid is a dangerous person. Yeah. Let's get into that. That's an important thing to recognize. Yeah. They're dangerous not to themselves but to others. Uh, that, they yeah, put I mean, people, it, they put people at danger when they're yeah. when they're careless. Yeah, I mean, if you, I think yeah. that if you look at some of historically some of the biggest, many of the biggest uh, monsters or people who have done monstrous things, you often find that fear was at the heart of a lot of it because fear because like because you you're, you're bringing up an important thing in that look fear is it has a role to play in the sense that when there is immediate danger in front of you it is a it is actually a lifesaver right and it is actually something that can help you get through something. Because when you are actually in a state of danger or there or, or there's actual danger that you have been presented with, the state of fear gives you a kind of alertness. It gives you like you know it pumps adrenaline through your system and makes you alert but you burn out so 
freaking hard from it, right? Like it's not, it's not something that's meant to be, you know, in the, you know, in the, in the dripper, you know, in, in your, you know, hooked up to your, hooked up to your vein. It's, it's something that's there to assist you in moments, mm-hmm. right? Step out of the way of that car that's like ripping through the, that red light, you know, or, you know, like I can even think of, you know, like my, my son's birth story, you know, like my wife was bleeding. It was six weeks early. It was, we didn't know what was going on. I was scared shitless, but I do remember being extraordinarily alert during that, that moment in time that actually helped me to be clear, right? Which is, that's an interesting thing because it's, when fear has its proper place, it helps you to get pretty clear on mm-hmm. what you need to do and what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. What's important, like to prioritize what actually needs to happen. But when you, when fear is not in relationship to the reality of the moment and it's projecting out into the future, that's, where it becomes extraordinarily problematic mm-hmm. and becomes a just a, a kind of an endless spiral of things that that can just become worse and worse and worse and and creates all kinds of um again fear like like worry anxiety uh down to you know straight up phobias like real phobias and and paranoias and and things like that neurosis uh, that's that's all fear. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about just culturally, like how we deal with fear and what's what's allowed and what's not allowed. And you know, I mean, I'm thinking of like the kind of I don't know, like this story of maybe this is just whatever. Maybe this is like maybe things have changed, but like the girl telling her boyfriend kill the spider or get the spider out you know and if the guy is like oh my god i'm scared of the spider like like it's frowned upon you know what i mean it's kind of like there's these roles we play and masculinity femininity whatever whoever you know whatever the sex is doesn't really matter but there are roles we play where someone has to not be afraid and Mm -hmm. that's what their job is that's you know and i think about the soldiers that go to war and Man, I can't even fathom some of the stuff that they must face. I, I like, like I think I'm fucking tough. Holy shit! I don't. I'm like a wimp compared to those guys. Like, you know, the stuff they'd be willing to walk into, the things they they do to stand up for freedom in their country, and you know, their countrymen or women, whatever. But like, the point is, is that sometimes people take on roles that they don't get the luxury to to give into it. And I think that sometimes you want to step into that role. Sometimes you want to be the person that doesn't give into the fear, but I think what we're talking about, and, and I think what, what this is really about is being honest with yourself and not, I don't think anyone should ever be ashamed that you feel fear. You know, I used to be ashamed Mm -hmm. of feeling fear. I used to like, I used to find great shame in it. And what I've come to now is that 
it's okay to feel fear. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's okay to have it as a sensation or a feeling in my body. And I have to just ask myself, is it limiting me or is it helping me? You know, and if it's limiting me, then I need to, I need to, I need to figure out how I can overcome it, get past it, put it aside and do what I really truly want to do. If I'm scared of going after my dreams, my dreams got to win. You know what I mean? Like I got to not give into it. But if I'm in danger and I'm denying that I'm in danger or I'm putting other people in danger, it's better that I'm just honest. And I say, Hey, look, you know what? I don't feel right about this. And, Mm -hmm. and that can be sometimes hard because maybe you took on the role of being the courageous one or being the, the fighter or being the soldier, whatever that might be, you know, in ever, any other medium, but you know, maybe you're protecting people by admitting that you're scared because I've also noticed that when you take on the role of the courageous person, people often assume that you don't feel fear. This is something I've noticed. Mm -hmm. And if you turn to your team and say, guys, this is something doesn't feel right. And I, I actually, um, uh, there's a podcast, I forget his name, Jaco, J- Jacko, I think is his name. He talks about oh, this, yeah. uh, but he just talks about how like when soldiers go on a mission, a lot of people assume that some leader comes in and goes, Hey, this is how you're going to do it. This is the mission. This is the way it goes. And he's like, it doesn't work like that. What happens is the leader turns to the team and goes, how do you think we should do this? And everyone participates in it. And he said that if they're going to do the mission, they feel invested. They feel like they're a part of it. You don't have to enroll them in it because they played a part in helping it. And I think sometimes we feel like we can't really turn to our team. We can't turn to maybe our partner, maybe our romantic partner and say, hey, look, you know, like we can't pay the mortgage this month. What do you think we should do? And as and they think I just need to I need to tough it out so they feel okay. I don't want to let them know that something's gone wrong. Maybe you turn to them and just say, hey, look, you know, like, this is a little scary. Like, we've overextended ourselves. We need to figure out what we're going to do. And this, you know, we can make it war. We can make it household. It doesn't matter. It's all the same shit, right? But Mm -hmm. fear, sometimes we need to share it. We We need to help. We need to let our friends and loved ones know that we're scared because they can help us. And sometimes maybe we need to shoulder it. But I think it's a lot of this for me is about awareness and honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of coming back to that, that thing of a person who's, who can't acknowledge that they're afraid is a dangerous person. You know, it's just a lot of what you're saying makes me think, you know, this, this sort of thing that we call, you know, toxic masculinity, which just feels like we need a new term for this at this point, but we'll, we'll work with it. But I feel like, that where that thing comes from is is fear like ultimately because as you said like fear particularly within a lot of sort of like male men culture uh as you said is like you're not you're not supposed to feel it you're not allowed to feel it you're and you're definitely you're not supposed to show it right and so that gives this thing nowhere to go. And 
the deeper the fear goes, the more ashamed you feel about it. And somebody who's in that place is bound to do something very brash out of that thing, like a, like a cornered animal, right? To, or some out of some ego thing, do something really stupid just to be like, see, I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. Look what I just did. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, um, yeah. And it's just like, are you fucking crazy? Like, you know, like it's, like it's, and I think that that's where a lot of that sort of un, unobserved, unacknowledged, unexpressed fear goes to you. Cause I know that there have been times, like, I, I still have a hard time owning up to it to somebody else. You know, very often it's just like, uh, I, with my, it can be hard enough just to acknowledge it for myself, but to express, a moment that I'm afraid to another person is really still challenging. Even though whenever I've done that, it has been such a cathartic experience to do it to, to finally, it's like, Oh, okay. My God. All right. They know that I'm afraid and they're not, they, they don't, this person doesn't, they're not judging me for it. They're not, you know, they don't, hate me for it they're not laughing at me for it but you know i think it's it's like old childhood stuff where it's just like he's like what are you afraid yeah you're afraid you know and (laughs) he's like it you chicken (laughs) yeah like there's there's like in the scaredy cat like all of this stuff like as a kid like you just get hit with these things just like oh i don't want to get don't want that said about me anymore right like it's and but then you know as you said everyone's everyone's walking around afraid you know everyone's everyone's afraid of something and and yeah and and that's okay i mean that's okay Mm -hmm. for us to to like let's yeah like let's just acknowledge that let's let's just share in that we can actually there's something that we can that brings us together in that whole thing i mean there's so many as you said, you know, this stuff is very existential at times, you know, it's like here, here we are, like we're, we, we have arrived on this planet somehow. We don't know exactly how we came here, how, you know, like how, like how we arrived and landed here, but here we are and we know our time is limited and we don't know what happens afterwards you know, it's like, it's, it's terrifying, <laughs> you know, like on, on a, on a very deep, deep level. Right. And then there's everything that ha- in between there. Right. But I, and, and those are real things that take time to consider and, and why, you know, many, many, uh, traditions say like, it start thinking about that stuff soon. Start thinking about those big things like dying that you are going to die. Like mm. start, th- start really thinking about that and, and wrapping your mind around that. And because it's an inevitability, but I think that's very often, like a lot of our, th- a lot of our fears are not around. Like we're not really, how many of us ha- are actually sitting around contemplating our death? 
pro- very few of us we we the, talk about rejection and denial like that's something <coughs> excuse me that's something that for most of us we deny and reject that whole thought for as long as we can until until we have some experience or we get to a certain point in our life where suddenly it becomes something that is completely on our minds right but to a large degree we deny and reject it and we fill ourselves with all of these worries about all kinds of other shit and i have this uh i have this thing written up on a chalkboard where i have you know a bunch of different bunch of different sort of thoughts and and ideas to sort of inspire some some something to contemplate or or whatever it is and one of them that i have it's been up there for a while is am i afraid or is my image Hmm. because very often i find that a lot of the fears that i have at least in my life when i really think about it is it's like oh it's actually my image I'm afraid of, of, you know, it's like, oh, well, people might think I don't know what I'm doing. People might think that I'm stupid. People might think that I, I'm, I'm not qualified people, you know, like all of this stuff. And it's like, okay, but that's, that's all just, that's all just my image. It's an image that I have of myself that I'm trying to put out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that that's going to be, that that's going to be damaged. You know, the other, and I think in our last podcast, we were talking about the mask, right? Or maybe it was the one before that we were talking about like, you know, persona is, is the Greek word for mask. Mm. And it's, it's kind of like that. I'm like, I'm worried about this mask that I'm wearing. I'm worried about, about this thing, but Am I actually worried about this? And there's kind of a, I, I'm getting, maybe I'm getting no, a little no, no, bit this out is there. Great. This is, it's wonderful. I, it make, it's, it's helping me to recognize how, how like fear is often so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, this has been, this is like, it's a weird, it's a mind game to kind of work through this one. But I think wisdom with, when it comes to fear is recognizing that everybody's just as scared as you are. And, uh, once you recognize that the whole fucking game changes because you realize that everybody's just kind of dealing with the same deck of cards you know it's like nobody has some advantage like ultimately like yeah like i mean look they they do in ways but like um your like status and your um i'd say like your uh what's the word like what people think of you in a first world well-off culture that is a that is a big thing reputation um identity these things are 
very valuable things to build and acquire through our lives. And it... Well, valuable it, in certain ways. Well, value... Yeah. They're valuable in the sense that, like, um, if people perceive you as well-off, cool, high-value, you know, things like this, you'll you'll open up doors and you'll get invited to things that other people won't. So mm -hmm. there are definite benefits to being perceived a certain way. So it makes sense that a lot of people in a first-world, well-off-to-do culture are going to have fear around reputation destruction and that this is going to be a valuable resource that we exchange on and work with um yeah and we work very hard to to present yes a kind of image of ourselves hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book yes i recently released a book called the actor's awakening connecting spirituality to craft expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Because it's like, like, look, even for myself, right? Like, being an acting teacher it's like there's this weird sort of if someone doesn't if people don't have the image of me as being a teacher who knows what he's talking about who can be like people aren't going to come and take my classes yeah right so it's like it's it's and we're all we're all doing this at some level as we're all performing these these images out there and we want people to see us in a certain way because if they accept that image of you you know then then you know i guess all of these other things that that you want for your life have the possibility of becoming a reality i suppose mm -hmm. sorry if i cut you off no no i mean it, it's it's an interesting avenue and maybe we can get into this more on another episode where you can really deep dive into this whole concept. Cause I actually think it's quite interesting um, how the mask that we create for ourselves, how we use that and how that is exchanged as a value in this world. I mean, so when people, when we, like, I think there is um, as we navigate these waters of creativity and authenticity and all of that stuff, we bump up against things that are real barriers for all of us. Like we probably went off on that last conversation when we talked about the mask and we were like, Oh yeah, the mask, you know, take off the mask, reveal your true self, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, in some ways I can honestly acknowledge that that's somewhat idealistic, you know, like, yeah. Um, it, I don't think any of us, really feel safe walking out into the world and just presenting our true self. Like I'm a fucking mess. I'm super scared. I'm fucking like I was depressed for the last week, you know, like stuff like that. Like people don't mm. come out and just, you know, because it's like not socially acceptable. It's not going to, you know what I mean? And I mean, maybe we should, maybe we can work towards that. Maybe that's an evolved state of being. And, you know, it's something we could aspire to as a human race, but 
But I mean, I, I think, don't think it it necessarily means that we've just got to be airing out our laundry to everybody at all moments of of the day, but rather for ourselves, accepting the reality, you know, embracing yeah. the reality of where we're at. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm 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 depressed right now, right? Or right. I'm I'm afraid right now, and instead of trying to not be the thing that you are, right? right. Like, which is a crazy, which is actually a crazy thing to do. When you think about it, it's actually a crazy thing to do. Well, you know, I think about, I mean, some people, maybe they think of femininity and masculinity as something to do with, like, you know, if you're, your sex or something like that. I think of it more as an energy. You know, I have masculinity and I have femininity to varying degrees in in myself, I think, as, as ev- everyone else does. And I think sometimes it's important for me to embrace masculine energy. And at times it's important for me to embrace feminine energy. Not always is one more appropriate than the other and and figuring out how to navigate that and when to do what and how much of what to do of each, you know, colors, how I am in the world. Um, so I think that, you know, I can just, I can, speak as a man it's more scary for me to show my feminine energy than it is for me to show my masculine energy in this world because i know the masculine energy is expected of me but i when i was younger and i showed more feminine or sensitive sides of myself it was bullied or i was picked on or it came with consequences and i think any man in this world, at least at this day and age, can relate to that, that that's a very real thing for all of us as men. And and I'm sure as women, if you are too masculine, you know, there are probably consequences that that you probably experience. And I, I wouldn't dare to know what they are. And that's that's not my point. But I can speak as a man showing my feminine side has been dangerous and it has left me vulnerable. And it has ostracized me and it has had negative consequences. Does it mean it's not there? No. Some people today, like I'm more mature now. I'm older. I'm more confident in myself. I know myself better. I show my feminine side more. And I, I'm like, I have enough of a masculine confidence that I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. Like I'm tough. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if somebody fucking squared off with me, they'd know that. <laughs> and people see that. So they go, I like it when you show me your feminine side. I like you show me that sensitivity because it shows me your depth. And so like, as a man, I would say, you know, don't make your feminine side wrong. Don't be scared of it. But at the same time, you gotta, you know, you have, we all have a role and like, I'm a screenwriter. So let's put it this way. If I write you as a character in a story, you have a fucking role, play your role. You have a role to play. You don't get to go off script. You don't get to just be like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Fuck you. Do your job. If you're an actor, come and play a part for our movie. Play your fucking role. Show us your other sides. Give us your dynamicism. Do all that. But do your fucking job. And we all have a job. Whether we like it or not, we we play a role. If you play on a sports team, you have a role. You're a forward. You're a defenseman. You're a grinder. You're a dangler, you're a shooter, whatever you are, you have a role and you have to live up to your demands. So 
you know, I think about the guys who are enforcers in hockey, meaning that they fight and they have to get into the tough corners. They have to do all that shit. That is a fucking tough job. And I am not like as tough as I am. I'm not that tough. I'm not an enforcer. I, I you know, maybe <laughs> in some scenarios I could be, but like most scenarios, there's guys who are way bigger, way tougher, way harder than I am. And I can admit that, but look, would I like an enforcer on my team? Fuck yeah. I like a guy that's tough. I like a guy that's going to stand up for me. I like a guy that has my back. That's going to play that role. That's going to stop somebody from hitting me because I'm smaller, you know, or faster. And they want to slow me down. I fucking love that guy. And I, and I need him to play that role, but I need to also have empathy and respect and appreciation for how hard it is for him because mm. he doesn't get to be soft. He doesn't get to, he doesn't get to back down. I do, but he doesn't. And so, yeah. You know, when we talk about toxic masculinity, you mentioned that word. I think for those of us that are a little more feminine, we need to look at the masculine side of this world and say like, fuck yeah, I'm glad there's fucking soldiers and tough people out there that'll fucking fight for us, that'll stand up for me. Like I have big brothers, man. I'm fucking so grateful to have somebody that'll fucking have my back, that'll look out for me. When you have to be the person that stands up, it's hard. And I think we have this world where we try to like, sometimes we take the people that have to do the shit jobs, the hard jobs, the tough stuff, and they might be scared, but they don't get to tell us they're scared. And we need to have compassion and empathy and understanding for them. Same as we do for the people who are sensitive on the other side, the people that are going to, you know, the actors and the artists and people like that who are emotional for us, who, who share their feelings and reveal the depths of humanity to us. That's a hard job too, mm -hmm. but one is not better than the other, you know? And I think fear has a lot to do with all of this because sometimes our role doesn't grant us the privilege of getting to explore some things that other people get to do. Mm. And, you know, it comes, it, it's not just men and women, um, you know, it's, this happens between everybody. This is humanity. This is a, um, you know, and I, what I've come to when it comes to, to fear is I try to embrace the whole, the whole self, but I don't deny the fact that I still have to play a role and I don't yeah. begrudge the role I need to pay to play. If my mom is carrying a bunch of heavy bags, I'm going to carry those bags for her. I'm going to try to take the weight off of her shoulders. Mm -hmm. And, and as a son, I feel that is my role. And as a younger person than her, I feel like I need to do that. That is my responsibility. And I'm going to proudly take that on. Are those bags heavy? Do they hurt my hands? Do they hurt my shoulders? Would I rather not carry them? Of course, but it doesn't matter because it's duty. And that's part mm -hmm. of them. The, you know, that's part of what this is, right? Um, as we're talking about denial and rejection, don't deny your role and don't reject others for playing their role you know mm -hmm. I, let me throw that in as a as an angle on this yeah and it's interesting too that i i've never really thought about it in these terms but it's like different people take on different fears for us they do you know it's just like good point where it's like oh i can you know what this this is a this is a fear that i can move through so i, I can do this i can do this for 
for you and and for the next person it's like okay well maybe this thing is too you're too afraid of this thing but that's something that i can do actually that's that's something that i'm not too afraid of to to take on um yeah just just kind of an interesting well you know man thinking about let's let's even take this away from the physical realm let's take it into like math and language you know Sometimes we're not, we feel uncomfortable with math and someone goes, no, you know what? I can take care of the math. I'm mm-hmm. good with language, but you know, maybe there's things where I don't feel as strong. Right. So, you know, it can happen all over the place. And I think what we need to do, you know, this talk, what this talk is really bringing up for me is it's, it's reminding me so much of how, like, we need to just appreciate each other's roles in, in all of this. And also when we feel fear, um, you know, if you're scared of doing something, I think uh, it's okay to ask for help. Sometimes that might not be your strength. You know, it's just, um, but sometimes you need to admit that, hey, you know what? I'm not strong here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. I'm going to fuck it up. And you can go and reach out to someone and say, hey, this yeah, that's, is where I'm at. <laughs> that's that's a big one. That's yeah. that's actually a really big, big fear is, is or thing that's hard for people to do is to admit that you don't know something i think that our world and the quality of the big conversations that are going on in the world would be going a lot better if there were more if more of us were willing to admit that we don't know right Mm -hmm. that we there's so much that we don't don't know or don't fully understand about a situation because there's room there for something for something to for a deeper conversation to have to to happen then as opposed to people just trying to be right all the time right mm-hmm. and unable to admit being wrong you know it's like being able to admit that there's things that you don't know resolves a lot of those issues but well can i say one thing on that Sure. I do think that the need to be right has something to do with protecting your image and your mask. And oh, your, for sure. You know, and so, um, I, you know, I think sometimes you have to look at it in terms of are, are you like, do you want to be valuable at the cost of hurting other people? I think it's a very important question to ask because morality and ethics land in that territory because there are a lot of things you can do to benefit yourself that will hurt other people. And a moral and ethical person might evaluate that and go, you know what? I know I will get what I want, but if it means at the price of hurting this person, it's not worth it. And so I do think that you know, as we're working through things like this, uh, the being right, as an example, um, do you want to be right and destroy your relationship and protect some kind of version of yourself, maybe even just in your own mind? Or would you rather listen and not be the knower and not be the person who is, you know, and and you can always walk away and say, you know, one thing I've learned to do as I've gotten older is look, I think we're both right, but we're probably both wrong somewhere. Maybe we can't see that today. Let's walk away. Let's think about it. 
And, you know, I, I assume that you're coming in with your point of view, with good intention, with, uh, you have some valid points. I hear them. Um, I hope you can hear a few of my valid points and maybe next time we talk about this, we can, we can find some, some more balance in it. Right. Um, and, and, and that way you don't, you know, cause being right. is like, it's, it's such a, like a better, <laughs> like, what is that shit? You know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. we need to like, kind of, um, take the guard down a little. I, I know we're, I know we're kind of getting to the end, Evan. I, uh, there's one thing I feel like we haven't touched on and I just want okay. to kind of briefly touch on it. All right. Um, Throw it the out ex- there. The existential fear. Okay. The doom and gloom, the kind of like the worry of the future. Mm. I, I feel like this is uh, one mm. area yeah, yeah. of rejection and denial that we haven't really touched on quite enough. And um, for me, I feel like this is where most fear exists for me these days. It exists in this existential kind of like, whoa, you know, like maybe my dreams will never work out and, you know, maybe I'll never get what I want. So what's the point? And then it's like depression and apathy Mm -hmm. can come out of those, those kind of thought paths. Um, And then I think sometimes uh, when I catch myself in that type of fear, I'm, I'm quite often very unaware of it. I noticed and in quite in denial that I am scared of something that is kind of this thought or belief that has somehow landed inside of me and let it's, it's existing rent free. You know, that was kind of one of my earlier points. So I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just one thing I just wanted to kind of make sure we mentioned, cause I feel like it's an important part of where fear and rejection live. Well, let me give it a more, more of an example. If you look at somebody and you go, man, I'd really like to talk to that person and you're maybe interested in them. This is existential fear to me because you, you might play out in your mind. Oh, like they have, they don't want anything to do with me. What if they reject me? What if blah, 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 you know, or go out for that big role as an actor. You're like, ah, what's the point? You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't even stand a chance. You know, whatever you talk yourself into, this is my, my version or understanding of existential fear. It's this narrative that gets kind of crafted into the story that has never been written, never happened, may not ever happen, but somehow you convince yourself that it's real and true and somehow valid. Mm. Um, And I feel like, well, I mean, I'll just share my part. My, my understanding is that we need to acknowledge when we're making up the existential fear when we're playing into the narrative of it. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know what the answer is, but I do think it starts with honesty and stop denying the fact that you have created your world of fear. Yeah. I I think that that's maybe one of the most insidious types of forms that, that fear comes up with which is yeah in some ways almost the flip side the flip side of of denial and rejection in the way that we've been talking about it which is the i guess the denial of possibility right where you make your future where you make your yeah you make what's 
you make what's possible in your world narrower and what do I want to say about this Brandon I think that yeah this is a very insidious form of fear because essentially you've in many ways you've you've almost phoned it in ahead you know like because that story can really be very self-destructive. It can be very self-sabotaging because if you don't think something is really actually possible, what your, your energy, your input is going to be, is going to be compromised essentially. So yeah, like if, for example, we'll, we'll use the acting metaphor that you're using, you know, say that you're, you get an audition for a really great part in, you know, in a big movie, a big TV series or something like that. And this is not the first time that you've had an opportunity like this, but in the past, none of those opportunities have panned out into booking the role for you. If you go into that with this attitude of what's the point? Like, I'm not going to get it. They're just, you know, I don't know why they're even bringing me in, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, how, how much passion, how much love, care, attention is going to end up going into, into that audition now before you go into it? You've compromised, you've compromised it. You've compromised, I think that's actually the big, for me, passion is actually the big word in there, which is really quite alarming is yeah you've you've compromised the amount of passion that you can that you can put into it which as an artist is is death it's a kind of death so mm. confronting again those those that fear and it's like i get it the fear is you don't want to be disappointed again because you probably got really excited in the past you probably got yourself you were, you were maybe even daydreaming you know maybe for days and weeks about booking this part and imagining what it was going to be like to be on set with you know mm. robert downey jr you know <laughs> or or kate blanchett or something whoever was going to be in this in in this project and you're going to get that opportunity and it never happened and that's hey that can be hard you know that 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 can be devastating even you know and but to become so uh, to let that become be your story that oh well this is just another one of those those times you don't know that you know i think that so many of us are going around with these things as if it's something that we just know you know it's like oh well this is this is the way it is it's like no you don't you actually don't know that that's the way it is that's how it's panned out that time and that time and maybe the the time before that and the time before that but those are all different you know we we don't we don't accept those as being like we we start to pool these things together you know and we say it's like oh well that's see that's the pattern right that's the pattern so that's just the way that it is and it's like 
it is the pattern until it isn't. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> totally. That that is the way it goes until it isn't. Because maybe the next yeah. time and you come in with your full passion and they just go, Holy shit, let's book this person right fucking now. Right? I don't need to see anybody else. Because mm-hmm. this is this is the person right here. Boom. You change the pattern was changed. And I can't say any of that for certain, but I know that one way of looking at it gives you not only gives you a better chance at success, but is just is just a better perspective in terms of being a, a happier, more joyful person. You know, a world that that is still wide open with possibilities for you is way better than the world that has nothing but closed doors mm-hmm. in it. Mm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Like you don't know the pattern, you know, you don't, you don't know the pattern. And, and I would even take that another level further. And I would say, you're a fucking pattern changer. Mm. You know, if I was talking to somebody that had doubt and fear and I was thinking like, what would I tell myself in the moments that I had doubt and fear? I'd say, yeah, yeah, Brando, that's been the pattern, but you change it. That's what you're capable of. You're going to fucking change it today. It's going to be different. And from now on, there's going to be this fucking chink in the armor of, of rejection, of denial, of all that shit. Today, it changes. Today, all of a sudden, the fucking great wall breaks down and you break through and it's over. And then what? And then what do we say about the pattern? You know? And honestly, like, there's a lot of times where all it takes is just stand up. Just fucking go for it. Take your fucking shot. You know what I mean? And uh, I was thinking about it, man, as you're talking, I was thinking about the word courage and encouragement and discouragement. I was thinking to take away someone's courage is to discourage them. And to encourage somebody is to give them more. You know? And a lot of us just need a little bit of encouragement. That's all we need. It's just like, look, man, the whole world's fucking scared. It's just time. It's just time that you accept that and go, you know what? I'm going to be a little less scared. Today. I'm going to let this run my life a little less today. You know? And I'm starting to realize it's like, there's no shame in being scared. You just, you just fucking go, okay, I couldn't do it today. But I'll do it. I'll do it this time. I'll do it the next time. I'll do it whatever. You know what I mean? It's okay. You know, it's a part of the experience, right? And uh and um yeah, the pattern might have been you were always kind of scared. But today that can change, you know? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it just comes to a point where you just go like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. And so then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, like they say a person has nothing to lose, you know, has fucking well, they have everything to gain. Let's yeah. Do it that way. Um, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this baby up. This is okay. A good chat. All right. I I'm the only one drinking, so I'm gonna share. Um, this is fucking delicious beer. I love it. 
It's called uh, the Northern Swell Session IPA. It's from Vancouver Island Brewing. Um, it's delicious. It tastes so good. It smells great. I spilled some on my shirt this week, and then I picked up that shirt. I hadn't quite thrown in the laundry, and I'm like, man, my shirt smells good. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so, spilled uh, beer usually turns yeah. into a real rancid smell. Yeah, not this one. Wow. So I don't know what that means, but it but it smells good. It tastes good, so I like it. Um, and uh, you know what? I'll give my final thoughts, and then I'll leave it to you to close this baby out. All right. I'm reminded of a of a quote from William Shakespeare. A coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero dies but once. And we think of a hero as courageous. Um, I would say the coward, we're all cowards and we're all heroes. And every day, every moment, every chance you have, you have a, you have a moment to be the coward and you have a moment to be the hero. And, and, I don't care if you chose the coward a hundred times. If today's the hero day, that that's the game changer. You know what I mean? And we often forget the cowards, but we do remember the heroes. And if a your hero had a thousand coward moments, we're still going to remember the hero moment. So keep that in mind when you look at yourself. And if you're thinking, oh man, I'm pathetic, I'm a loser, I'm whatever judgment you're putting on yourself and go, you know what, today the whole narrative changes. Today, today I do the other thing. Today I go the other way. And so, um, you know, maybe your whole life you felt rejected. And then maybe today you decide to not reject yourself. And that's a fucking courageous move. And I implore you to do it. So, you know, if I was to tell uh, a younger version of me, why don't today we put the fucking chips on you? Really? You do that for me? Yeah, let's put it all in on you. You know? Let's take a shot. Let's see what's up. And uh, you know what? If you lose, let's do it again tomorrow. Same fucking thing. Let's put it all on you. Let's just keep putting it all on you. And let's see. Because you know what? One day you're going to find out you're a winner. And the story of being a loser, the story of whatever fucking bullshit you're telling yourself, you know, how how many times you got to win to be a winner, you know? How many times you got to lose to be a loser? Look, winners lose and losers win. It happens. So, you know, you can tell the story however you want to tell it. I'd say bet on yourself and, uh, you know, stop rejecting yourself. Stop denying where you're really at. It's okay to be scared. Uh, you know, the more scared you are, hey, the more courage you have. Look at it that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the most scared person in the world, they're the champion because they had to have the most courage to do it. So fucking A to you. You know what I mean? The person that was already like not scared, I mean, it's nothing. But if you're scared and you do it, man, that means something. So, so let's let's fucking build that, you know? Let's embrace that. Because one day I'm going to tell it, and this is the last thing I'll say. One thing I'm going to say is one day you're not going to be scared. I promise you. The fear just fucking goes away. Do it enough, the fear goes away. And one day you're not going to be scared. And then you'll need to find something else that scares you. 
but you've already built the skill and the courage necessary to do the next thing. And, you know, it starts today. It starts by just making a choice in the other direction. Yeah. You know, we have so many, there's been so many stories that have been told in movies and books and things like that of, of, yeah, just that person who is locked into this thing that is sort of destroying their soul, so to speak. And then one day, for whatever reason, they had the courage or maybe they were just too tired of this shit that they did something different. And that one time, that one act in that one moment changes everything. And, you know, I think that, you know, fear's power is in its pattern. You know, like the, the, the most destructive types of fear are in its pattern and it runs and it runs and it runs and it runs and it runs. But again, it only takes one moment, you know, like fear can be this thing that's operating in your life, like an abusive relationship and you keep coming home to it day after day, after day, after day, being abused, 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 abused by this thing. It's wrecking your life. But all it takes is that one time to just be like, I'm packing my bags and I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm walking out of this and boom, everything changes. Mm. So it's, it's not about, you know, cause I, I would think that most of us, that's more of what the story actually is for most of us. We're all coming back to that, that abusive relationship over and over and over and over again until finally we just go screw this. I'm done with this. And it's, it's powerful. That's a powerful thing to do. And we all have that capacity and we can do it. We can do it today. We can do it tomorrow. Right. But we, we need to be aware of it. You know, we, we need to not be in denial of it. We need to not be rejecting those things. So I'll come back to something from the start, which is let, let no fear, let no fear thought go unchallenged. Let no fear thought go unnoticed or unchallenged, right? See it, see it for what it is. Question it. You're bigger than your fear, right? And in this moment, you can start a new pattern and start a new story. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.